You are listening to The Secrets of Star Trek on sqpn.com. The Secrets of Star Trek. These are the conversations on the StarQuest Enterprise. Its continuing mission to explore the world of Star Trek, to seek out new ideas and ancient inspiration, to boldly reveal what no eye has seen before. Telling me what this is all about. Captain, I suggest the Vulcan mind probe. When we run analysis, we should have some explanations. Captain, I check the engines. The warp drive is a hopeless pile of junk. Can you give me a warp aid? Aye, sir. And maybe a wee bit more. I'll sit on the warp engines myself and nurse them. That position, Mr. Scott, would not only be unavailing, but also undignified. Program complete. Enter when ready. Hello and welcome back to the bridge of the StarQuest Enterprise, where we uh, talk about Star Trek and about the secrets that are actually under just underneath the surface of, of what some people think is just a, a very geeky, fanboy, fangirl type of science fiction series, but as we know, whenever people start telling stories, whether it takes place in a galaxy far, far away, or, you know, in the Star Trek universe, or, or, or I don't know, in a, in a magical forest, uh, we, we cannot do without these basic stories about morality, about the big choices in life, about religion, about faith, about friendship. And that is the stuff that we talk about on this show. Joining me from Conyers, Georgia, is Maria Johnson, our communications officer. How is life? Life is grand. I've got my little thing in my ear so that I can talk to you guys, and I'm ready to go. Fantastic. Also joining us from Tulsa, Oklahoma, Mr. Steve Nelson. Hello, everybody. No major disasters happening with trees falling on your house anymore. <laughs> there are no there are no trees left. And now it's just ninety five degrees and high humidity, so we're just kind of sweltering. All right. <laughs> also joining us on the bridge of the Starquest Enterprise is Mr. Mike Kuipers, or should I say, Captain Mike Kuipers. <laughs> Thank you, Pat, for the promotion. <laughs> it's pretty hot up there where you live as well, isn't it? Yes, it's it'll be in in the eighties today, and it's gonna get warmer as the week goes on. <laughs> wow! So, well, fortunately, so. we've got air conditioning on on the bridge of the Starquest Enterprise, so hopefully, we'll be able to survive this episode. Yes. <laughs> hey, Steve, I heard that uh, Captain Kirk is visiting your town. That's right. Tell they're me about having, it. What's happening? Well, they're having a convention, a Star Trek. They call it Star Trek Expo, and this is like the twenty something year they've been doing this. And uh, I heard on the radio this morning that William Shatner's going to be here. Um, and I've just been li- looking at the list of people that are coming to this thing. Uh, Michael Dorn is going to be here, who played Worf. Yeah. Uh, there are several people from uh, V, the, the TV show V, and uh, Battlestar Galactica. They're going to be here, like. Um, Mark Shepard, the guy who played Romo Lampkin, the lawyer on Battlestar. Cool. He's going to be here. And uh, some people from the old, um, uh, from the original series, like the guy, you remember, uh, it was one of the original episodes where uh, in the very first season, the guy named uh, Lockwood, he played Commander Gary Mitchell. That's like, you had to way, way, way back. But lots of different people from all the different Star Trek episodes, even some Star Wars people. 
uh, the guy who played Chewbacca and the, one of the guys that did Peter the Matthew. voice right. of, uh, of uh, Yoda is going to be here. It's, so Frank it's really Rangas. cool. Are you going to be there, Steve? I don't know. I need to look and see what the tickets, how much is it, <laughs> so it cost. Wow. That sounds like an awesome lineup. I mean, who, who would have known that, you know, you get such a great number of guests in, in, in Tulsa, Oklahoma. If I would live there, I'd be all over the place. <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, let us know next week if, uh, if this is this is soon. Yeah, it starts today, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Oh, and wow. uh, some of the tickets are already sold out, so I'll, I may have to see what I can actually do. <laughs> you know, this could be a good occasion to uh, uh, invite our listeners if if. If any one of you is going to that convention, or if you've ever been to a, a Star Trek convention with uh, you know actors from from the series, let us know. We'd love to hear some stories about that uh, because I've I've never been at the Star Trek convention. I've been only at a Star Wars convention. I apologize mentioning the show that should not be named on this show, <laughs> but <laughs> but it was pretty cool. I had a great time, and and the only thing missing was a stormtrooper costume for me. <laughs> but I, I had a great time, so I figured that a Star Trek convention must be very similar. And of course, I I was thoroughly enjoying the stories uh, that I that I read in in a lot of these books by actors who played in Star Trek about their convention experiences because it's a it's a whole different world. I think actually. Um, that uh, Shatner wrote a whole book, or at least he did an audio book, because that's what I listened to, a whole audio book about this whole world of conventions that uh, that initially he didn't appreciate at all, he didn't like it at all. Um, you might remember this, this famous sketch that he did where, you know, he gets attacked by all these fanboys and fangirls on the Star Trek convention, and he says that famous line, you know, get a life! <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> And I think actually that's the title of the book, where he dives into this world of um, of fan conventions, and and it's a fascinating read. It's it's a it's a it, it's definitely a celebration of the whole culture and the whole storytelling, but also a celebration of the community that formed around this franchise. And that in itself, I mean, we do that with uh, we've we've got a convention in August, the CNMC in Boston, where we do more or less on a very small scale. We do the same thing. We gather an audience of uh, people that listen to our shows, but also the people that produce the shows, and, and we basically celebrate that community. And that's always a blast when when you do that. So let us know if you've ever been to a convention or if you are going to uh, the Tulsa convention. You can reach us Star Trek at sqpn.com. You can even call the listener feedback line plus one two zero six two zero two four four five five. That's two zero six two zero two forty four fifty five. So, on to our topic of today: the virtual relationships, the holodeck, and real relationships, and well, anything that we want to discuss. Uh, uh, Maria Johnson, you came up with this idea. Can, can you give us a brief introduction to, you know, your thoughts on this topic? Sure. There were two episodes that I think they were in the same season or, or subsequent seasons. Uh, the first one was called Booby Trap. Is that right? And the second one was Galaxy's Child. And uh, essentially there was a problem with, um, with the Enterprise being stuck in, in, in a trap. It was a booby trap. And Geordi was uh, needed to, uh, to resolve the issue of getting the Enterprise out of the booby trap because there was something that was affecting its movement. And what he did was he went into the holodeck and recreated for himself the uh, 
the research, including the researcher, to, to help him think through the process. And the researcher happened to be uh, an attractive woman. And earlier in the episode, he'd experienced a little bit of trouble with, with girls. And uh, so the computer-generated image of this scientist was very dry and very computery. Right? No, no, no animation uh, as a part of it. So he had the computer piece together a personality for this character um, in order to help him interface with her better. And I, I think they even kiss at the end. Um, they become friends, Jordy and this imaginary computer creation. The problem of course, is that she was a real scientist and she was a real person. And so later, uh, he encounters her in real life and, uh, you know, hilarity ensues because when she <laughs> finds out, <laughs> when she finds out what he had done. Oh, really? Yeah, so she, was, she discovers that he actually did a recreation of her. <laughs> oh, yeah. Now, what I think is interesting, and maybe this is what we can talk about, is that when, when he was working with the computer, it wasn't enough. You know, you think about people at a computer all day, in cubes all day, isolated from, from other people. It's, it it, it kind of shuts down your own humanity. So I, I found it interesting that Jordy, in order to work effectively with the computer, created some, something approaching a human being so that he would be able to interact and think and 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 collaborate. So I thought that was interesting. I think it's one of the most recurrent fantasies from the 60s on when science fiction started to become big as a literary genre that computers were always and, and not just computers but also robots were always portrayed as having a personality, having a voice and and being very humanoid like in in the way that that we would interact with with technology in the future, that was kind of the expectation that that it, uh, a, a computer would almost be like a human being. And uh, we'll think of, of 2001. Uh, think of all the Isaac Asimov uh, books about you know the the robots and how they would interact with us. The thing is, we are now in this future that was future in the 60s. And uh, man, when I work with Windows 7, I still don't have the idea that I'm talking to a human being. It, more like some kind of creature from the depths of my nightmares sometimes. but Because you would need one of those Dale Carnegie courses for how to deal with difficult people. If, uh, <laughs> it was it. a real yeah. <laughs> a person. Windows 7 is a metaphor for difficult people who don't communicate and just <laughs> shut down when you try to communicate with them. <laughs> well, I, I just know from personal experience, uh, maybe this is just me, but I think that the the creative process that humans have requires being able to like brainstorm with other people. I find it very hard to be as creative as I can be when I'm working in isolation. Hmm. And so I can I can understand why Jordy worked better when he had someone to brainstorm with. Uh, That's true. I think it's it's there's definitely uh, uh, because we are. Uh, social beings and it's it's part of, of of the essence of our being if whenever we are in a situation where we cannot communicate with other people we cannot work together uh, you know it might go well for a while but after after some time you start to get really the need for human interaction and it's i mean in in business in in the economy it's very clear that if you you know companies that work 
on the basis of teams and where people work together, there's much more creativity. Look at a company like Google or, or Pixar. I mean, that's all about teamwork. It's all about people kind of building on each other's ideas. And that brings you a lot further than if you're just sitting there in your cubicle all by yourself. That's a very, very good point. Well, right after our first break, we'll, uh, we'll talk some more about the importance of human interaction and what do you do if that human interaction is not possible and whether uh, a, a computerized substitute is actually enough or what the dangers could be of that as well. You're listening to The Secrets of Star Trek on sqpn.com. Do you want to help SQPN in its mission to reach out to the world with entertaining and inspiring programs? Support us with your prayers, with a donation, or by shopping at Amazon via the link on sqpn.com. Thanks for your support. We couldn't do this work without you. Are you one of the 18 million people who love to play Farmville? Then you have to listen to Secrets of Farmville, a weekly show about this online social game that took the world by storm. Each episode is filled with tips and strategies on how to play the game, but we also talk about broader issues related to social gaming, Facebook, and even to history, culture, and religion. The Secrets of Farmville, the show that goes beyond crops and cattle. Check it out on iTunes or at sqpn.com. And welcome back to the bridge of the Star Trek, Star Quest Enterprise, I should say. <laughs> and uh, we were talking before the break about um, human relationships, and sometimes in Star Trek, the holodeck replaces these human interactions because of a need that we all have to interact, to communicate, and poor Geordi was a bit alone and had to solve a problem and made a computer version of a computerized version of a, an engineer and... Um, and then when he gets to meet her in real life, huh, it's not exactly the way Bam. he uh, expected things to be. <laughs> so how is this story resolved in the in that second episode? Is he, you know, do they ever kind of make friends or, you know, or is it just, you know, she's just judging him as a, you know, you're a weirdo, you're, you're a creep. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was definitely creepy because it turns out she was married. Oh, and, uh, <laughs> but to, to, <laughs> that wasn't on her Wikipedia page he when he Googled her. <laughs> he overlooked that detail. Oh. Yeah, but the thing, the thing that I found interesting with that is that he brought to the meeting a, 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 a relationship, a rapport, a, a predetermined feeling about how she was going to reciprocate because he was used to interacting with the machine. You know, so when she wasn't what the computer had replicated, you know, he was also a little confused, uh, which is, you know, it's it's probably an indication of of how dysfunctional we can become when we're only dealing with computers or we're only dealing with fantasy or we're only dealing with um, things that objectify people instead of dealing directly with real relationships. But isn't this something that, that is... <sighs> playing a, a role in, in almost any situation. I mean, even beyond the, the Star Trek universe or, or fantasy, but um, in a way, we always have our expectations or our ideal uh, our ideas about what 
someone should be, how someone someone should react. Well, think about these Star Trek conventions. You might have a whole idea of who Shatner is and how he's going to react if you ask him for for his autograph and if you if you know you ask him to be in a picture with you. So you can put that on your Facebook page and you think that he's going to say, "Wow, I'm so glad to meet you. I've read all, all your emails and and it's so <laughs> cool to have you as my fan." And in reality, it might be a little bit different. That's definitely my experience when I went to these conventions and I talked. I remember my, my biggest um, shock was actually uh, meeting, and, and I'm sorry to bring this up, uh, but it was a Star Wars convention and I met Billy D. Williams, who, who is important, you know, in the story of, of The Empire Strikes Back. And that guy was such a jerk. I have no other words. He was horrible. He was only there to make money. He, 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 he asked for an outrageous amount of money just for a simple autograph. And he was such an unpleasant person. And I, I remember at the time, I was shattered. I was like, man, I thought you were a nice guy. <laughs> I wanted to like you, but he was so different from what I expected. And then you know, later on, you, you, you start to understand that, well, you know, he does these conventions all the time. And it's, it's definitely, it's a source of income for him. And, and, you know, you must get a little bit sick and tired of all the lame jokes that these fans always make, you know. And, you know, uh, you know bi- uh, Metal Bikini Leia uh, number 50 who wants to be in the picture with you. And you're like, oh, come on, give me a break. <laughs> but, man, that was hard to, uh, to process. You hear a lot of comments from people who, uh, you know, when they meet a fan on the street, the fan remembers their character name, you know, like, you know, like uh, Captain Kirk, but they can't remember his act, his true name, you know. <laughs> so, so you know, they expect to meet Captain Kirk on the street and not William Strat, uh, William Shatner, you know. <laughs> it's true. But, but I think that talks to some of the stuff that Maria was mentioning, where, you know, the uh, computerized version is only an approximation. And when you meet the person in real life, you, you, there's a lot of other subtleties of a human interaction that the computer will never get, you know. Yes. And also sometimes um, if you're just communicating, even if the, that person would be real, let's say you're all, that there would be like a holographic type of communication. Even then, you only see a part of, of that person. You don't see the whole – it's like email in a way. When you c- communicate with people who are in a chat room or on a forum, you only see what that person posts and the information that the person gives you. You don't you don't see the rest of the personality. And sometimes, if you meet for real, it it, it can either be a a, um, a massive improvement of, of the relationship, or it can be uh, you know like a like a, a total letdown. Yeah. What do you? Yeah, and I, uh, I think that's- go ahead, Maria. I think that's relevant in today's world because so many, I mean, so many people are in relationships today where they met online. Um, yeah. I remember in the early days of things like that, people were aghast, but I think it's, it's become quite commonplace. And, and, I, and I share the same concerns that you guys had, that it's just not, it's not a complete relationship until, I guess, you're in person and you can also see the body language and also see the chemistry even. Yes, that uh, that develops with with friendships and and with any kind of relationship. The question that I get uh, often is, you know, why doesn't the church allow confession via email, or why can't I just call up my priest and uh, and receive whatever you know sacrament? And and I was like, well, 
even if you could replicate the the, the, the sacraments, you know, with some super technology, it, it's still different if you're communicating through a medium like a telephone or via email or um, and and the sacramental contact is 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 a relation it's it's a relationship between first of all you and and christ but also the intermediary in there which is the priest and the church has always said there's nothing that can replace that personal contact and i guess that with with friendship there are different layers i think that 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 it's totally possible to form friendships on via internet and and it might take years for people to really meet, but um, so I, I definitely think that that true friendship is possible, even if there is a technology that you use to communicate with each other. But I think the ideal it would be that that ultimately you get to meet each other in person, and that will add a, a whole different layer. Uh, Mike, I, I was just curious to to ask you, you're you're kind of homebound um, for <laughs> most of the day, and you for you the internet. Is extremely important in the way that you form friendships and communicate with with all of us. Uh, That's yeah, true. Can you can you tell us a little <laughs> bit about your personal? Uh, um, how how do you experience that? What what did it mean for you to to be able to do that? Oh well, it did open a whole uh, new world for me. To, well, once I got online, I've been online maybe ten years or so. Oh wow! And um, but uh, yeah, once especially when uh, it came to things like iChat and and then Skype. Uh, I got to talk with people and uh, you know talk to them and and uh, I've I've met at least one person in person Denise mm-hmm. came to visit me and uh, yes it is a wonderful thing uh, to interact with people as I'm interacting with you right now uh, I see you I see you on my computer screen yeah I'll uh, be a bit delayed <laughs> between <laughs> between Skype and uh, and uh, my screen and and it's a wonderful thing and i don't know if i'll ever get to meet you in person but uh, that would be a wonderful thing too well you never know <laughs> but <laughs> i mean that's 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 something important i think too to stress that uh that technology can be a huge tool to bring people together um and and i i never really like it when people start you know condemning the internet oh it's all virtual relationships i remember that my previous bishop when i first started this whole you know internet work and building websites and you know he's like well but isn't that a little bit like kissing through a window <laughs> that's not yeah. really working i was like no it's it's a i mean these people are on the, those are not virtual friends those are not virtual people those are real people and the friendships are real. I'm just using a tool to build that friendship, but that doesn't say that the friendship itself is not real. Um, but there is a there is a risk that when uh, it's it's kind of disembodied, and especially if you start to uh, fabricate your own version of the reality or the reality of a person, then that's I think where things can derail and we've got so many examples of that you know uh, uh, someone in the chat room mentions uh, second second life where people would spend more time interacting with these avatars than they would spend with their own you know wife and kids that is a, that's a risk when it replaces relationships in, in, instead of enhancing it and I think that is definitely something uh, well take the, the big problem of pornography on the on the internet and how that destroys relationships because it's it's basically also all capitalizing on these these virtual idealized persons that don't exist and 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 it's 
it can really play tricks on people's minds and and destroy your ability to connect with real people. Because people, real people are never as ideal as you imagine them. And so I think there's also a, a, a whole moral discussion about this that uh, could be very interesting. Um, and, and, and something we might want to follow up on in our next episode um, of The Secrets of Star Trek because the music in the background is indicating that this show is already coming to, a, to an end. <laughs> but I want to invite our listeners to also chime in. If you want to join the discussion, if, if, if you think we miss points or you have a, uh, your own point of view that you want to add to the discussion, don't hesitate to, to reach us, to call us, to interact with us. Using the internet, because that's how we get in contact with you. We don't know each and every one of you personally, but we would love to hear more from you. Uh, again, the email address is startrek at sqpn.com. You can also go to sqpn.com. Uh, our brand new, you know, re we completely refurbished the website, and uh, we've got a special place for the secrets of Star Trek and all the other series that we do about movies. And you'll find that at secrets.sqpn.com. Com. Maria Johnson, you just wrote a book. I did. That's I awesome. just wrote my memoirs. Wow. Fantastic. Of a middle-aged Cubanita. So if we want to meet the real Maria Johnson and not just her Star Trek avatar, where, where can we find out more about that book? Where, where can people learn more about your personality? Oh my. There's a link. There's a link on my blog for that. Fantastic. We'll include that link also in the show notes. But that's Bago Johnson, right? Right, at wordpress.com. Wordpress.com. Mike is always hanging out at live.sqpn.com. Actually, if he's not there, I'm getting worried that the internet is down. <laughs> I'm there I'm there if you're there. <laughs> or if, if other people are and yeah. Steve Nelson is the director of SQPN. He's all over SQPN. And without him, this StarQuest Enterprise would have crashed in some random planet a long time ago. <laughs> We'd I be guess that makes me the navigator sometimes. Mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> You're everything. <laughs> hey, that makes you Wesley Crusher. Oh, no. <laughs> you are shunned again. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for uh, for being on the bridge today and uh, hope to see you next week again when we uh, do another episode of The Secrets of Star Trek. Check us out at sqpn.com. Thanks for listening. And until next time, live long and prosper. SQPN, leading the way in Catholic new media.